Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. The panel. Right, panel this morning, James Regan and Sam Ackerman. And uh, Sam Ackerman, uh, great news for Benji Marshall's fans. Uh, I, I, I like the look of uh, what they're doing at West Tigers, giving them uh, a couple of years to settle in under the guidance of Tim Sheen. So what do you make of that move? Uh, listen, Benji Marshall is an assistant coach. I can absolutely see it. But I can say in all my dealings with Benji Marshall, and he has got a, he's got a, a huge footy brain on him and a... Um, uh, an incredible amount of passion. I never imagined Benji Marshall as a head coach. I never thought it would be the, the right fit for him. He's a little bit flash. I thought he might be leaning towards the media things that he's doing now a little bit more. Uh, and I, I, I think it's a really bold move. I know it's been called unprecedented. Obviously, a lot of people made assistant with the view of being training up to be a head coach. To make it as explicit as it is in two years' time, after two years of being assistant, you will be head coach. It's a lot to put on the guy, uh, and it'll, he's working with somebody he knows so well in Tim Sheens. It seems like, uh, um, to me, as good a move as I can imagine, uh, West Tigers had to play. Tim Sheens didn't want to come and be the head coach on a long-term basis. And realistically, who are they going to get to be the next, next one? Bring somebody in uh, and then almost essentially start again with Sheens going back into a director's football role. So it makes sense in that regard. If they see Benji Marshall as the man going forward, he certainly isn't the man to do it right now. So what a, what a great concept to put together a proven combination who know how each other work already and start to transfer those same skills on to him. Uh, Benji Marshall is so competitive. I know people might like to take um, jabs at his crack at rugby but the fact of the matter is what he really sets his, his mind to, his heart was never really in rugby passionately because he would have stayed longer if that was the case. When he sets his mind to something, he's a success. He should never have had the back end of a career that he had. Benji Marshall was supposed to have peaked but he went, he took cut price deals, he took, uh, he took you know, blows to the egos, prepared to play a bit of reserve grade, a bit of, uh, a bit of um, you know, off the bench for a guy who will go down as one of the all-time greats to have worn the uh, the jersey for the Kiwis, uh, and has got an incredible longevity in his career, and to finish in a grand final with South the way he did, phenomenal. He's got fortitude, and he's going to need he's going to need that to coach West, that's for sure. But I'm I'm excited for Benji Marshall because he has always seen the world through a different lens. If he can do that as a coach, who knows? I mean, there's so many Tim Sheen's disciples have gone on to great coaching careers. Let's hope that Benji Marshall's the next one. And uh, James Regan, uh, good morning to you. Uh, what the difference there will be is because he's such a, a, a loved player uh, at West Tigers, he will start his coaching career, whatever, on the front foot as opposed to someone like an Andrew Webster who starts under pressure on day one. Yeah, 
yeah, that's right. And and it's it's a, a, an amazing appointment for the future as well. And, and the Tigers' backroom should probably be commended on that in, in terms of they're not just going for a quick fix. It's quite clear that they've got a plan in place and they'll they'll hopefully stick to that. Um, but the the confidence that Benji will give these guys, especially the younger players who I think he's worked with a little bit over the past year or so at the club, the confidence he'll give them will, will just be immense. We've seen we've seen it with England and, and Baz McCallum, right? That that's the one message that's come out of that camp is how confident Baz makes those players feel. It's the same kind of thing we'll probably see with Benji and the Tigers, right? He'll be able to work a little bit in the background quite a bit over the part, over the next couple of years, particularly, as I say, with those younger guys, young halves coming through. They'll be working with one of the best to ever play the game, a set. So it, it's, a, it's a bold move, definitely, particularly in terms of that head coaching role. I think he does have the footy brain and the temperament to do it, um, and I don't think he'd be signing up for this if he didn't think he could do it, but he's going to give them such a boost for a club who, let's be honest, over the past few years has been down on the dump. Like, let's not mess around. They're in a pretty bad way. So, yeah, fair play. It's a pretty good move. Okay, James, um, it's been, it seems like forever um, that the Warriors had their homecoming, a successful homecoming against the West Tigers. Uh, but they're back in action tonight against the Parramatta Eels. Look, looking at the side that they've picked, uh, not too many people are confident about this. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, it probably depends which Eels team turns up. Right, like they're they're pretty hot and cold, and when they run cold, you can't overrun them uh, if you're in a any game. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say the Warriors would have liked to not have that bye last week, given given the confidence that that homecoming game would have given them. Um, it, it really depends, as I say, which Eel team turns up and which Warriors team turns up. If they're if they're full of fizz and they're ready to go after that game, that they are a couple of players down. But if they're up for the season now, then. then not Parramatta on, then, then it could be another another test of the office for the Warriors. Okay, Sam, how are you viewing tonight then? Uh, oh, I, I, I do not give uh, a flying f about the uh, about the results. Maybe quite frankly, I, I, I'm really, really interested to see which how the Warriors turn up attitude wise because the the Warriors of the previous seven games prior to the homecoming folded meekly. Too often, didn't have the intentional fortitude to fight back to be able to go. Things aren't going our way. Let's wait for our opportunities. In the homecoming, they had wave upon wave upon wave of possession, and they made it count, and they did the right thing. They were smart. They were patient. I want to see a patient Warriors team, a team that's prepared to wait for their opportunities, team prepared to back themselves in defence and go, okay, we know we're absorbing it now. Our turn will come, rather than uh, panicked offloads, uh, rather than trying to uh, make a a great big hit happen to change things up. I, I want to see the smart, intelligent way they played versus the Tigers played against the Eels. There'll be a chance, like James says, if the Eels aren't, aren't on their game. But if you don't put the Eels under pressure, they will find a gear. They're capable of it. So I, just, I, I hope that the Warriors can um, produce something that has a, a relation to the Tigers game rather than having that be an aberration from uh, what the previous seven weeks was. Okay, Sam Ackerman, James Regan with us uh, on the panel this morning. I'll take a short break for the news. Uh, and when we come back... Uh, we'll talk uh, some rugby, a bit of netball, uh, maybe even uh, a bit of Christchurch Stadium as well. Plenty to come here on the panel. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. James Regan and Sam Ackerman with us on the panel this morning. Uh, and Sam, 
Uh, how big and how important is this test match for the All Blacks tomorrow night, you feel, in terms of the immediate future of uh, those associated with the team? It's got, it can go one of two ways, Smith. I think it's obviously crucial. I mean, losing a series at home to Ireland, as good as Ireland is and as, and as much as they've been our uh, modern-day uh, Achilles heel, the, the, the fact is that losing a series at home would have been implausible um, to start with, and certainly after that first test, to go from... Uh, to suddenly working out where it all went wrong is going to prove a nightmare. But for those, everybody calling for the head of, uh, of Ian Foster, I, I want to put a little bit of perspective here. Now, I, I was one who would have absolutely picked Scott Robertson. Do we really think the best way to get Scott Robinson into this job would be to allow uh, a disaster thing to happen here, throw him in mid-season here with the plan of getting ready for the World Cup the year beyond when there are no, no Razor Robertson plans in place and needing to start that directly and, uh, and make that, kick that through. I don't know about that. I, I'm not sure that that's setting a guy up for success. And should you know, should that happen and uh, and Scott Robertson not be successful at the World Cup, will he then be given a, a buy? Will be given a okay? It's all right. We didn't give you much time. I don't think so. It's not how we're not that kind of country. We like to think we are, but we're not. Uh, so I'm I'm really interested to again much like I was saying about the Warriors, what the reaction is within this All Blacks side. What what is the uh, you know the team hasn't changed so significantly that it's a different side on the park. It's generally you know obviously when you get the opportunity to bring a Retallick back, you're going to do that. A Whitelock and Retallick combination sorry, is, is what you want to see. So that's that's great, but. It's not going to solve everything. It doesn't, it doesn't change, change the poor decisions. It doesn't stop uh, the, the other team running harder and running faster just because you've changed a couple of players. It's, uh, the attitude's going to be huge for this. And, but look, all will be fine, Smithy. I've got complete confidence because finally Roger Tuivasa checks on the bench. So problem solved. I don't know what everyone's worried about. <laughs> RTS, Mr. Fitch, Mr. Fix-It, yeah. Uh, James, what do you reckon? Uh, what's, what's your take on the importance of the occasion? Oh, yeah, it's huge. It, it's massive. And you, as a fan, and as someone in the media, and, and someone who loves the game, these, these are the games you want to see, right? Like, the, the, the game, the series is on the line, sorry, history is on the line for the Irish. They'll be well up for it. Uh, and the All Blacks, you'd, you'd have to say their pride is on the line a little bit as well. Bearing in mind, they can go to South Africa next for two tough, tough tests over there as well. So they will want a win under that belt for that one. It, it, it's, it's massive. I agree with what Sam says about, about Ian Foster, that there were certainly things in that game in Dunedin that Ian Foster cannot control, right, in, in terms of the mistakes and the errors. And the, the players will be the first ones to admit that. But as, as a spectacle and, and as everything you want with rugby, uh, a lot has been said about the game and, and the way the game is appreciated and, and all the stuff that goes around it. But this is this is what you want as a fan, uh, and it doesn't get much bigger than this. And I think the All Blacks will roll back. If there's anything that's pretty dangerous in world sport, it's a wounded All Blacks team. This team is pretty wounded at the moment, so I've no doubt they'll come out. And it should be a good game. But I think, I think in the end, that All Blacks beast will fire up, and, and we'll see a pretty comprehensive win. Well, in around about four years' time, there's a great possibility the All, All Blacks will be running out uh, now at a brand new Takaha Stadium in Christchurch. James, uh, 
was that a fait accompli for you, or uh, did you see more? Or do you see more spanners in the works as such? Yeah, probably with a lot of things in Christchurch at the moment. I'll believe it when I see it. It's great, obviously, what happened yesterday, and, and you know, getting the tick of approval. But and, until it's out, we see Canterbury and Crusaders will have a run out onto that field, and we see events in the stadium. Uh, I'll uh, I'll just hold my breath a little bit. Look, it's great, and, and the, the city badly needs it. Badly, badly needs something like that to to get things going and events going down there. So it's great. Uh, I'm stoked for as you said the news there about Colin Mansbridge not being able to sleep. Stoked for him and stoked for the Crusaders and, and rugby down there. But um, not until the the final bit of cement and the the grass is down, I'll, I'll probably believe that one. Okay, well, Sam, here's an interesting thing because um, we're always led to believe there's looking to be a second NRL franchise in this country, um, and there has been a um, um, possibility that it could be a South Island franchise. Uh, what a home base that would be. Well, absolutely. Also, having another uh, franchise here is, uh, falls very much into James's view on uh, the stadium being built uh, on time and to budget. It's, uh, I believe it when I see it. Uh, I think it sounds great. Um, I think that uh, the impact of the Dolphins will decide whether there's really going to be the, the same thirst and appetite to, to keep expanding. The, the NRL, through when it was back in the ARL back in 1995, did the same thing. It got too big too fast and things splintered off. So I would be, uh, I would certainly say that a stadium of that level would be need to be filled um, by as many people who, who can um, can occupy it as possible and I'd like to think that if there was a second franchise they would even be smart enough to go do you know what we you know we don't have to be the the Canterbury anything or the Wellington anything we can just be the let's say the Orcas as the team was thrown forward previously so the Orcas and why not play half your games in Wellington half your games in, in Christchurch it doesn't have to affect your identity you're just what you're saying is that we're not Auckland uh, and you can work a fan base that goes far beyond just a, uh, a regional a regional area too. So to me, that'd be the smartest move. But stadiums like that, anyone who's been to um, Forsyth Bar and uh, you know went to Carisbrook previously, Carisbrook was filled filled with uh, emotion and tradition. But the two stadiums don't compare as far as an enjoyable viewing experience. Forsyth Bar is unbelievable. To have something that even rivals that in Christchurch, um, that's that's a phenomenon waiting to happen because we know that, uh, that it's pretty hard to to beat a, a Canterbury crowd when they're fired up on on anything. So I'd I'd be uh, I'd be thrilled to see it come together. But you know, look, anyone who's built a house uh, in the past few years will tell you, Smitty, everything always goes to budget into time, and there's never any shortage of supplies or or pandemics to come in three behind schedule. So I'm sure it's I'm sure it's fine. I hope they're not. And that's a bucket load of sarcasm coming there, Sam Ackerman, I've got to say. Um, right, let's uh, look at uh, the Silver Ferns, shall we? Sam, last night they lost, uh, and I'd say quite comfortably lost, uh, 61-46. Is that, is that uh, something that, that they should be worried about, or is it just uh, part of the exercise? It's something they should be thrilled about. I think uh, you, you spoke to Dame Nolene earlier this week. You know that she's one of the most motivated and, and driven coaches you can hope for. Uh, and you find me a high-level coach that doesn't tell you you learn more from your losses than you do your wins. 
uh, to get to be exposed by a team that was trying to be well as physically dominant as the uh, men's team was. The rushing pressure in uh, in the mid court uh, and the size they had had to deal with. I think having that now. That's the whole point of this series. This series isn't for anything other than building towards the com game. So why not find yourself under pressure? Why not see what happens when you have a, a loss in the middle of the uh, of the middle of the tournament before you need to pick yourself up for the games that matter? So I'm I'm comfortable with it, and we should point out as well is that the the Silver Ferns have lost to the men's team before. I think it's what five out of eight or four out of seven times now. So it's it's not a an uncommon result. But that type of pressure is really um, I think really interesting for the Ferns. Interesting as well to hear Dame Nolene talk about um, not being happy with the shooting accuracy because when she selected her uh, her shooters, she talked about the accuracy not being something that she was focusing on, rather shooting volumes. So clearly the volume wasn't where it needed to be as well. She said we can work on accuracy, but shooting volume is important. So I don't see that's her doubting that, um, that policy, but it was an interesting comment for me to think about uh, that she maybe expected the people she selected for volume to still have a higher degree of accuracy than what they're delivering. I, look, I totally agree with that, um, and uh, well, it was something that we did question her about the other day, but that was her policy. The more shots, the better, um, but the more they go in, actually, uh, it tends to influence the scorecard a, a little bit more. Um, James, here's, here's the uh, interesting thing for me about this netball. They now have to play the mixed team. If they lose to the mixed team, um, which is probably not going to happen, but if it did, we could find the Silver Ferns not even being in the final of this Cadbury series. That wouldn't be good. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be a, a bit of a blow, wouldn't it? And uh, just on what Sam said, like he's absolutely right. It, it doesn't matter. the The result at the end of the day doesn't matter. He, they've lost to the to the men's team before, and they've gone on to win like, the Constellation Cup and and, and and everything. But this isn't the same Silver Friends team that we've seen over the past couple of years. There are some big names. Missing no Jane Watson, no Karenberg, and no Marianne Akinasio. So teething issues can be expected. But what I would say is, if there's anyone that can help them and turn it around, it's Dan Nolan. That's for sure. She's proved it in the past. So by the time they get they get to the cold game, they will be as ready as they possibly can. It would be obviously a, a bit, um, bit of an eyebrow raiser if they didn't make the final of this series. Absolutely, but. She's still playing with her team. She doesn't know her, uh, her strongest starting side yet. They've been pretty open about that. and they're, they're using this tournament exactly the way they need to. And if you can back anyone to get a team ready for a major tournament, it's, it's Dame Nolan Tyler. I fundamentally and wholeheartedly believe that 100%, regardless of the results in the lead-up. So they, they will be ready. James Regan and Sam Ackerman have been the panel this morning. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, very much. A massive uh, two or three days uh, for a number of codes in this country. Uh, and I, I personally uh, can't wait. Starts with uh, the netball tonight, the Warriors tonight, and, of course, uh, the rugby tomorrow night at uh, Sky Stadium in Wellington. Thank you so much, uh, gents. Uh, we'll have another panel on Monday morning around the same time. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.